Hey guys, welcome back to the Big Intentions Podcast. I'm your host, Ireland, and I'm so excited to be back podcasting today. It's a super gloomy day outside in Texas. It's like kind of rainy. When I went outside this morning, there was like condensation, like sweat all over my doors and windows, and it still kind of is. So if the lighting's like kind of not the vibe, that's why. But, um, if you're listening to this, I guess it doesn't really even matter. So we are continuing the self mastery series this week. We're on part three of the series. And this episode today is going to be on emotional intelligence. And every time I hear this phrase, I think back to the bachelor, I think it was Tasha's season, the Bennett guy who was like from Harvard. He was like the Harvard guy on the season. He had a whole thing about EQ and IQ, but it was like EQ, like emotional intelligence, whatever. And like he even had a book on it and he was like slandering the other guys for it. I don't know. Um, But so it always just makes me like think of that. And it's kind of funny that that's like my impression of like emotional intelligence or whatever. Um, So anyways, I'm kind of like in a preppy vibe today with this little Ralph Lauren button down, but whatever. It's kind of, it's kind of like giving Nantucket, it's giving Northeastern like coastal granddaughter energy, which I'm kind of here for. So I, I like that. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited to be back on the podcast. I don't know why, but a week feels like so long and I'm just glad, glad to be back. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please leave a comment and like, subscribe, do all the things on YouTube if you're watching. And if you're listening to this, I would love if you could give me a five-star rating on Spotify, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, whatever you got to do. Like, let's get out there. Let's do that. That'd be great. So without further ado, we can just jump right into the segments of the podcast. So living out loud this past week has been pretty good. It's just kind of been like one of those meh weeks. Like it was my first week back. I still have, this is my first like full-time week back at work and everything. But anyways, being out of town was great. I loved it. And then I had a friend in town this past weekend, so tried to do some of the Dallas things, show her around, and yeah, I don't know. We went out on Knox Henderson, I think it was like Saturday night, and it just like wasn't a vibe. I don't know, like Dallas is kind of lame right now, to be honest, Um, so I don't know. I don't really like going out. I feel, I like people watching and everything, but everybody who was there was so young, And we went to HG Supply for dinner and it just like wasn't the vibe. You know what I mean? Also, I don't know why I'm sitting so stiff. Like, come on, loosen up. I need to have a dance party. I feel like I have not done that in so long. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I need to do that. Like, it's good for the soul. Anyways, yeah. So literally this weekend, super chill. Started a new book, which was Emily Henry's The Happy Place or just Happy Place. And I'm like 60% through that book right now. And it's like, I really want to know what happens, but her getting to the point, I'm like, I'm not really loving this. Like there's just so many like unnecessary details and it's like going back and forth. And I'm like, I need to know what's going to happen with this. But like, you're doing like, you're just stringing me along, you know, for the plot. So anyways, that's my like little two cents on the Emily Henry book. But in other book news, I think I said this last week, but I finished The Ballad of the Songbirds and Snakes and then my book club, which is with my hometown friends. We had that whole like book club vibe. 
the other night and we chatted about it and everybody liked it. So that was good. It was a good pick. My pick for book club is coming up in August. So like I need to do my research, you know, like I want to pick kind of like a back to school vibe for that, but kind of like a thriller. So if you guys have any like recommendations, like thriller, that's giving back to school energy, like let me know in the comments, but yeah. So really I don't have a lot of content regs for you guys. I don't really watch a lot of TV anymore, but I did finish the Mockingjay part two movie, but like, that's really all I've got going on is reading. And then I, now I finished that, which I'm trying to decide if I should get, um, onto like the Harry Potter of it all and do a whole, do the whole thing, like read a book, watch a movie and you know, but I feel like that's a huge commitment, but it is summer. So that is a good time to do that kind of thing. So let me know if you guys have read Harry Potter and like what your vibe is. Like, do you think it's worth it? Let me know. Okay, so on to the next segment, which is intentional living. So my intention for last week was to have fun, be present, but like also get my life together. And I would say I was successful on that front. Like I did my apartments clean, like all that kind of thing. I went grocery shopping, whatever. And I was like pretty present, pretty present. I don't know. Anyways, I feel like I'm kind of in a funk like this past week. Like my anxiety is on one and today it's kind of on one, but I'm trying to like power through it whatever. So anyways, um, that's just my little two cents or whatever for the vibe. But okay. So this is my intention for this week, which is to basically focus on my identity and ingraining in my head, like strengthening my identity. Um, not in like what I do, but who God says that I am. And so they kind of talked about this, this past week at the church I go to, um, like, it was like 40 or 60 truths in the Bible about, um, like what God says about you and like basically your identity in him. And so I don't know, that was like kind of on my mind. And then I heard a podcast this week that was talking about that, um, the healthy, but human podcast, she was talking about like getting, back your identity, like having your identity in God, like not what you do. And so like, I feel like these themes are coming up and it's something like I want to focus on. So maybe I'm like gonna, I think I found a list of like 40 truths or whatever in the Bible. So like maybe just going through those, like those can almost be like affirmations for me, like every day or something. I don't know. But I think that, um, that's just something that will kind of help keep me grounded. Cause I'd be like floater vibes, like all the time, my head's all these different places all at once. Like I don't get it. But anyways, so that's my intention for the week. So I need to hold myself accountable to that. Um, let's just move right into the words to live by, which is always just kind of a segue into the main topic. So words to live by. I found this on Pinterest. Of course, this one goes emotional intelligence is a way of recognizing, understanding, and choosing how we think, feel, and act. It shapes our interactions with others and our understanding of ourselves. It defines how and what we learn. It allows us to set priorities. It determines the majority of our daily actions. Research suggests it is as responsible for as much as 80% of the success in our lives. So obviously emotional intelligence is a very integral part of our lives and it's essential to our 
essential to our success and it's the way in which we operate internally and it affects our external interactions with the world so it's really like this all-encompassing thing that affects everything about us and who we are so you know that's why I think it's important and it's really also a key um, pillar to self-mastery and you know in this self-mastery series we are trying to understand the pillars of self-mastery and how we can improve upon those pillars to become the highest version of ourselves so that's why today's episode is on emotional intelligence it's one of the pillars and you know, we're just going to dive into it and kind of understand what emotional intelligence is, what are the components of it, and then like how you can improve upon them. Um, but yeah, let's just get right into it, you know. Let's talk about some emotional intelligence. So emotional intelligence is the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions and to handle handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. That was a mouthful. So having a high degree of emotional intelligence allows you to identify, understand, manage, and use your emotions to your advantage, you know, like taking control of those things rather than those things having control over you not falling trap or victim to our emotions and feelings. Um, And self-mastery is the ability to control your own thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. It is the ability to make choices that are in line with your values and goals, even when it is difficult. So emotional intelligence being a pillar of self-mastery, you know, it's essential to self-mastery because it allows you to understand and control your emotions, which is a key component of self-mastery. So that's kind of how it all intertwines um, and kind of like high level overview of emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence is a part of your life whether you choose to recognize it or not if you improve your emotional intelligence it can really set you up for success and to be able to understand your emotions use them and manage them in ways to achieve success that is key in this episode and that's what I kind of want to share with you guys give you some tools to improve upon your or strengthen your emotional intelligence So just to be clear, emotions are complex psychological phenomena that involve psychological, behavioral, and cognitive changes. They're often triggered by events or situations, but they can also be generated internally. So I think it's good to kind of start off with the basics of like what are emotions. Like, yes, we all know, but like, you know, we want that good definition so that we can comprehend like what we're actually talking about here. And so... There's two different theories um, on emotion. So there's the James Lang theory, which this theory suggests that emotions are caused by psychological changes in the body. So like if you see a spider, then you like start to sweat, your heart starts racing. Um, And that is kind of like an example of a psychological change. And um, these psychological changes cause you to feel fear. So that's one theory. The other theory is the Shader-Singer theory. And this theory suggests that emotions are caused by a combination of psychological and cognitive appraisals. So like if you see a spider, your heart rate increases and you start to sweat. However, you might not feel fear until you appraise the situation and then you realize, oh, the, the spider's not a threat. And so that's another theory. So basically... Kind of just wanted to give you some guidelines, some basics on it. 
Um, but really emotions play an important role in our lives and they can motivate us to take action. They can help us to connect with others and make sense of the world around us. However, emotions can be disruptive and lead to problems if they're not managed effectively. And so within self-mastery, being able to control your emotions and to use them to your advantage, that is really key part of self-mastery. So let's get into the five different components of emotional intelligence. And so these are empathy, effective communication or social skills, self-awareness, self-regulation, and motivation. So a lot of these things like we've already talked about in the self-mastery series, such as motivation and self-awareness. But like I said a couple episodes ago, like all of this stuff interconnects in some way. So I don't want to like spend too much time on something if we've already talked about it, but just want to include these things and give you like the whole picture when it comes to emotional intelligence. So let's start off with one of the components, which is empathy. And empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. Empathy is important for emotional intelligence because it allows you to understand and connect with others on a deeper level. So empathy allows you to understand other people's points of view. So you can put yourself in another person's perspective to view the world. And this allows you to understand their motivations and understand why they they behave the way that they do. So empathy being a part of emotional intelligence, I guess it's kind of like you're thinking like this is all about the self. Like why would empathy be involved in this? And it is a good question. Like it kind of seems random. But overall, I think that empathy is important because how you interact with the world is obviously like such a huge part of like if you're just in your own little bubble, of course, like you can just like be your perfect self. But that's not the world that we live in. Like we always are interacting with others. And so being able to control your emotions, part of that is going to be, you know, empathy and being able to understand other people's points of view. So I know personally, like myself, even people that you like relate to and like you're close with, like people who are similar to you still have different perspectives than you. And it's just always good practice to try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes before you react. I know I talked about this on um, a podcast episode, like me being reactive, like quick temper, um, quick to anger, whatever, that kind of vibe. And so I think it's just a really good practice to try to be like, okay, like this person saw it this way because X, Y, Z, like this is their interaction with the world. Like this is coming from their perspective. And that really allows you to understand other people's motivations and not get so offended by somebody's reaction or response to you. Um, you know, and this is not easy and I definitely know that I could do way better at this, but basically it is, it does make sense. Like, you know, you can easily get upset by like somebody's response to you, but just putting things into perspective and being like, okay, like they saw it this way. That makes sense. That's why they responded this way. Um, I think that's good practice because otherwise you're going to be offended by anything and everything that somebody says and does to you. You know what I mean? So That is part of empathy and like one part of having empathy that allows you to understand other people's points of view. It also allows you to communicate effectively and it allows you to communicate in a way that is sensitive to other people's feelings and it can help you to build trust and rapport and resolve, um, resolve conflict more effectively. So when it comes to effective communication, you know, 
it allows you to kind of posture yourself in a way that's like, oh, okay, I kind of know like somebody else's, maybe I've already done like the perspective thing and you know, like something could be a sensitive topic to somebody. So you speak to them in a way that's going to effectively communicate the point, but also like be, you're sensitive to like these other things that you know about this person. Um, or maybe you notice that somebody responds well to like the certain approach and then you can use that to effectively communicate with people. And communication, like everybody always says, like that's the key to like relationships and everything. And it is true. So it's a good practice to make note of like, oh, somebody responds well in this certain way. Anyways, okay. Another thing that empathy allows you to do is to build strong relationships. So it allows you to connect with people or with others on a deeper level, which can lead to more fulfilling relationships. So having empathy, I mean, if you're just like a stone cold person, like no one's, why would people want to be your friend? You know what I mean? Like if you have empathy, which, you know, that's back to the basics of it. Empathy is the ability to understand and share feelings with another person. So obviously that's key. You know, that's what makes you able to relate to others, to care for others. And that obviously is the foundation for like a strong relationship. Um, whether that's friendship or romantic family, whatever. And empathy also allows you to resolve conflict. So If you are able to understand the other person's point of view, you are more likely to be able to find a solution that works for everyone involved. And clearly empathy impacts so many areas of our lives. And I always think about the golden rule, treat others how you would want to be treated. And it's not always um, easy to put yourself in someone else's shoes when you have such different beliefs or different choices that you've made for yourself. And it's not easy to put your thoughts aside or your opinions aside to a immerse yourself in someone else's shoes and to see the world how they do but it is a really like good practice to try to have empathy and just try to understand because it'll make your interactions and your experience in the world a lot you know more streamlined and just really be a lot better because you're not so harsh and have such high expectations for people. Like you're seeing people as human and you're just trying to interact with them in a way that shows them grace and also, you know, allows you to have grace with the world and your interactions with the world. So some ways that you can improve your empathy, which like I'm preaching to the choir here, like I need to hear this too, but basically one way is to pay attention to your own emotions. And so I know I discussed this during the self-awareness episode a couple weeks ago, but keeping a feelings journal or like an emotion tracker, like every day you track like what your emotions were, writing down the emotions that you felt that day, noticing and naming the feelings that you're feeling in the moment or experiencing experiencing basically just pay attention to yourself and it's easy to distract ourselves and just like kind of not even think about how we're feeling or anything um so I think a lot of times just like keeping a journal or just like if you something comes up and you're experiencing something just like pay attention to it write it down whatever just so you can kind of keep notice of these things and and just be aware of what's happening within your life and not just paying attention to the strong emotions, but even like the Monday day to day events of our lives. Um, and just like making note of how you feel. 
And so, like, for example, earlier I was like, oh, I kind of feel, like, kind of anxious. Like, and, like, noting it kind of helps to, like, release it and, like, let it go, basically. Um, Another thing, like, I could have done was, like, a meditation or whatever or, like, call someone, call a friend, whatever that might be. But really, like, if you notice it, then, like, make a plan to kind of, like, address the emotion I think that's important as well. Like even writing down like I feel sad or like I feel anxious, like that's kind of like releasing it in a way. So that's one way to improve your empathy. Another way is to practice like active listening. So this is more like in terms of interacting with others. So active listening is a communication technique that involves paying attention to other people's words, body language, and tone of voice. And this can help you to understand their feelings and perspectives. So when it goes back to like putting yourself in someone else's shoes, one, I mean, you have to be actively, you know, cognizant of like how that person's displaying their emotions to be able to kind of like feed off that and try to put yourself in their perspective so and also that plays into like effective communication like reading other people's body language and like people are telling you exactly how they feel even if they're not telling you how they feel you know so those are some ways that you can improve your empathy so another component of emotional intelligence is effective communication or social skills and if you've developed your social skills you're adept at um you know interacting with others like working on teams and you're aware of others and their needs in conversation or conflict resolution so you're welcoming in conversation you use active listening eye contact verbal communication skills and open body language and you know how to develop a rapport with others or express leadership if the occasion calls for it so um that is like one way that we interact with the world is through our social skills so Some ways that you could improve that would be putting yourself in new situations and when you do, try to pay attention to your body language and maintaining eye contact, practicing active listening can be beneficial too and I think, you know, social skills like that could be a whole episode on how to develop those but really it's all about paying attention and being intentional when it comes down to it. Like if you want to improve something, pay attention to how you interact with the world, pay attention to how others interact with the world And it really is so insightful if you do that. Another key component of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. And so this refers back to the first part of the self-mastery series on self-awareness. And so for a more like in-depth discussion on self-awareness, you could go back and listen to that episode um, and how to improve your self-awareness. But basically self-awareness is the ability to understand one's emotion, thoughts, and motivations. And I talk all about that in the first part of the self-mastery series. So pause this, go back, listen to that if you haven't already. So another part of emotional intelligence is self-regulation, which is defined as the mental processes that we use to control our mind's functions, states, and inner processes. Self-regulation may be defined as control over oneself. It may involve control over our thoughts, emotions, impulses, appetites, or task performance. And self-regulation is often thought to be the same thing as self-control. And it usually involves stopping or inhibiting an action, although it sometimes involves initiating an action. 
So that's kind of like the basic definition of self-regulation. And so there's kind of two different types. There's behavioral self-regulation and cognitive self-regulation. So behavioral obviously involves controlling behavior and cognitive self-regulation involves the control of thoughts. So often cognitive self-regulation precedes behavioral self-regulation and that's because shifting our thoughts is often a key step in changing our behavior. And so you know, I've talked about choice and belief before too, and that kind of ties back into this, but basically goals drive our behavior. So things like emotions, values, and priorities affect which goals we pursue and how we pursue them. So there's several different ways to strengthen self-regulation. And this kind of almost ties back into self-discipline a little bit. Um, but basically, Ways to strengthen self-regulation could include making it hard to lose self-control, so making it unpleasant or impossible to engage in negative behaviors or like bad habits, which this kind of is like back to that habit feedback loop. Like if you want to quit a bad habit or eliminate it from your life, so you have to make those things unpleasant. So whether that's like literally taking the TV out of your bedroom so that you don't watch TV when you try to fall asleep, like whatever that might be. So that's one way is to make it hard to lose self-control. Another way is to give yourself homework to boost self-regulation skills. So like I feel like as a lover of learning, like I always like to be learning something new, like trying new things, whatever. So one way then I think it's a good way to develop or strengthen self-regulation is to like give yourself homework. And so like this can be so simple. Like the other day I went to a Taylor Swift spin class and I'm not really like a Swifty, but like I kind of can get behind it. And so like I was literally like, okay, my homework before the spin class is going to be like listening to those two Taylor Swift albums, you know, and that kind of makes life more fun anyways if you do something like that. But just be curious and just give yourself homework or like, you know, somebody is interested in like going to a pottery class or whatever, like watch YouTube videos about it, whatever that might be. But that is one way to strengthen your self-regulation is like giving yourself is like giving yourself homework because as a kid, you're always doing homework. You're always like researching things and like you have to do these things like you have to turn them in. But then once you're an adult, it's like, yeah, you have to get your work done. But like besides that, like you don't really have you don't have homework. So like give yourself homework, but like make it fun. Another way to strengthen your self-regulation is through rewards. Um, so like rewarding yourself for being self-regulated. So like an example of this is like, oh, once I hit 30 days of going on an hour long walk, like I'll buy a new pair of like running shoes or walking shoes or whatever. So like rewarding yourself for that ingrains in you like, oh, I accomplished this. And then now you're treating yourself, you know, something fun like that. So that's kind of like for behavioral self-regulation. But as I talked about earlier, the cognitive self-regulation. So there's many different ways that you can engage in that like emotional self-regulation. And so one of those ways would be reappraisal. And this is when we think about something in a more positive or less negative way in order to change our emotions. So reappraisal is the strategy people are referring to when they talk about like looking for the silver lining. So one way to do this is like a gratitude journal or I'm really bad about like being really self-critical and having like a negative view of things that happen in my life. Like 
I can go on like this huge spiral of like negativity, which I literally hate. Like I really don't like doing that, but some reason like that's my go-to. And so I think looking at things in a more positive, like everything about life is just how you see it and how you choose to see it and your reaction to it. And basically I think that this, this concept of reappraisal and, you know, maybe it could be negative to you, but like that might not be a negative if you look at it in another way. So like something's not happening on your timeline. Okay. Well, maybe you can look at it like, well, I do have like a lot coming up. Like that would be stressful to add on top of everything else I have going on. So honestly, yeah, it's probably a good thing that it's taking longer for this thing to happen for me. So that's an example of like looking at things with a different lens and trying to see things in a more positive light. And another way is selective attention. We can also engage in emotional self-regulation by refocusing our attention. And often, instead of ruminating on all the bad things that happen, we can instead try to think about the positive things we have or things that we're grateful for. And so like the gratitude journal, obviously, if you choose to only see the bad things that happen in your life, like, of course, everything's going to seem gloomy and bad, but like try to see the good in things and try to be grateful for like all of the many blessings that you do have. And, um, I think that is one way to engage in emotional self-regulation. Another way is through distraction, which distractions can be good. So another common type of emotional self-regulation is through distraction. And we often, we use distraction when we don't want to think about something negative. So maybe you, you know, you're like, in a spiral and you like notice like you're spiraling you're thinking in a negative light like do something positive and fun like color in a coloring book or whatever like have something that you can use as like a positive distraction in your life and these are all different ways that you can regulate your emotional self-regulation and then also I talked about those behavioral self-regulation tips as well. And so self-regulation, it really plays into emotional intelligence and how we control our emotions and ourself in this situation. And so that's a key part of self-mastery as well. And so the final component of self or of emotional intelligence is motivation. And so this was last week's episode all about discipline and motivation. And I talked all about that. Um, So you can go back and listen to last week's episode as well. But motivation is the driving force that compels us to take action. And it's what makes us want to achieve our goals and dreams. It's not really what gets us to achieving our goals and dreams, but it kind of gets that feeling, that idea started. It's like igniting the flame, but like what sustains it is self-discipline. So I talked about that all last week, but basically motivation gives us the drive to start and keep going while emotional intelligence helps us to stay focused and overcome obstacles. So it's a good idea to identify your why and to break down your like goals or your strategy into bite-sized pieces. And so that helps you to little by little achieve your goals. And so motivation is a part of emotional intelligence and it can ultimately with self-mastery, we're trying to become the highest versions of ourselves. So emotional intelligence is a key part of that. And part of, um, emotional intelligence, you know, is 
being able to control and manage and understand our emotions and using those to fuel our actions to become higher versions of ourselves. And I hope this week's episode was helpful and it kind of gave you a little bit more insight into emotional intelligence and you're able to strengthen it in order to become the highest version of yourself. And I really appreciate you guys listening to this week's podcast episode. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star rating on Spotify or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And yeah, so excited for the rest of the series to continue. If you have any podcast episode ideas that you want me to talk about, literally just DM me on Instagram at Ireland12. Like, DMs are open, you know, I'm in the lab, whatever you guys can find me there. And if you're on YouTube, you can leave a comment and like, subscribe, push the bell notifications, literally all the things do them. And that just helps this podcast get in other people's ears. So I love you guys so much. Thanks for listening. Love you. Bye.